Hi, this is a line, and you're listening. No, that was me being silly. Hi, this is Sean Dyche, and you're listening to From the Rookery End. To the Christmas from the Rookery End, sat with our mince pies and a bit of port next to the Christmas tree. Um, Merry Christmas, Mike. Yes, Merry Christmas. How old are you drinking port? <laughs> well, it's one of those things you're allowed to do at Christmas. You can drink old men drinks. Okay, well, I'll have a Bailey's then in that case. Okay, and Jason, what's your tipple? My tipple, oh, uh, I'll have a gin and ginger ale, please. Oh, a bit of ginger at Christmas. And also, I'd also like, because I like saying these two words. Eggnog, please. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he play left back for us once? No. Uh, welcome to the From the Recrind Christmas special. Uh, we are three Watford fans. Uh, I love Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you get? Well, Mike's got children now, so he must get even more excited. Yeah, absolutely. Football kits are coming out of areas. Uh, we are three Watford fans. Season ticket holders in the rookie end. And as ever, these podcasts are our take on life as a Watford fan. And this being our Christmas special, we have some very special Christmas things coming up. Uh, Jason, who are we going to be speaking to? Is it Santa Claus? I think it might be, or it might be the the big man himself, Sean Dyche. Yes, we get to spend Christmas with Sean Dyche. He's pretty much as good as Santa. He's been delivering, I think, recently for us Watford fans, hasn't he? He certainly has. Well worked, Michael. Thank you. Uh, Also, uh, you couldn't have a Christmas without a good pantomime. Indeed. And this is this is something truly wonderful. I read it to my uh, a daughter. I was lucky enough to hear it before going on air, and I've read it to my daughter. So sense checked it. Three year old thinks it's brilliant, so it should suit you lot down to the ground. Our take on Jack and the Beanstalk is coming up. From the rookery end, six months into being the Watford manager, Sean Dyche uh, has had pretty much anything a football manager can have. Jace, um, you originally. He wasn't your first choice. How are you feeling about him at the moment? I'm happy he's doing okay. He's, he certainly uh, picked up. I think it was a bit wobbly, wasn't it, at the start? The, the performances were there at the start. We were oh. probably a bit unlucky. The likes of Derby. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not having well, that. Well, no, I thought the start, I'm sorry, the very start, so the start well, of the right, season, 2-0 okay. up at Burnley, and then the performance against Derby, and you think, okay, we didn't quite get the points, but it was looking okay. Then the performances started to dip and we weren't picking up the points and we were getting a bit worried. And for me, he could have been one or two games away from uh, from having to leave. But he turned it around. We saw two wins on the trot uh, against Peterborough and Brighton. Uh, and since then, it's been looking good. Even the defeat, I think, that's come over the last couple of months was at Middlesbrough where we were a bit unlucky. It was a tough place to go. Um, and other than that, we've been picking up points it's been slow and steady, but it, we're heading in the right direction, I think. I, th- I, I, I think Mike's noise, whatever you want to call that, you just made the groan. Again, this isn't saying it's, it's perfect, it's brilliant, he's amazing. But you can't disagree that it is getting better. Yeah, I mean, we had, we had, a, we had a, a crushingly sort of slow start to the season. I think you're right, uh, Jace, to point out we did have a couple of good performances, notably that Derby one where we came away with nothing. But some of those early season performances weren't really warming the cockles. They were... They were, you know, it looked like we we're going to have a long, hard season ahead. Um, and Sean Dice was coming under a lot of pressure. He did brought a lot of players in, um, so a lot of new faces. 
people invariably expect new faces to have a, a big impact, whether that's a fair expectation or not. But you see 10 or 11 players come in, you expect to see something, you know, some output. And, and initially that, was, that wasn't really happening. And then combined with that, Sean had made a very clear policy decision not to play as many youngsters as, mm. as, we, did la- as we did last year and was copying a bit of flack for that. But... I think he's been he's stuck with it and he's you know he's stuck to his guns um and it, it's turned around we mentioned in the log pod, long last podcast that we felt that the, the season was turning around quite quite slowly like a big oil tanker I think we, ref, we yeah. referred to it as and that's and I think that's continued it's been a sort of a real sort of it's been progression which you can't really ask for more than that as a, as a Watford fan we we're, we're not blessed with huge amounts of money we're not blessed with a with a massively you know with the best squad in the championship you know obviously we love our players we wouldn't swap them for anyone but then they're, they're not the best team in the championship but they're getting better and i think crucially hard to beat i my my thing is i suppose the way reason I suppose I'm not as a, a negative as some Watford fans can be is I never had the expectation. It's because you're drunk on port. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cheers. Uh, no, there's, it was because of uh, I never had the expectations of amazing things straight away. I knew in my back in my mind that it was going to be a real slog, and I'm happy that it has sort of started to come through. There are good performances. They're not, you know, they're not groundbreaking. They're not performances that are going to get us promotion, but they're performances that are I'm happy. I think are going to keep us in this league. So we got to kick, catch up with Sean at the Watford training ground. And, uh, well, it's Christmas, so you have to give a man a Christmas present. So what's the voucher? So the card, no, the right. voucher. Ref was wrong, voucher. Interesting. You said it, the voucher says it. Yeah. So I don't get myself in trouble. <laughs> I didn't say it, you said it. Yes. Yes, uh, interesting. This voucher allows the bearer to reverse one refereeing decision at any point during a match. Just one, though. So okay. you have to use that wisely. Okay. Well, I tagged the one at Leeds in the last minute. That'd do. <laughs> um, was that the worst one? There's been a few. No, no, no. I mean, you know, I always state, you know, I'm I'm more than willing to have a word with the ref now and again when needs to be, but they've got a tough job. You know, I, I think, to be honest, in modern football, the three people who've got the toughest job are the two managers and the ref. That's what I think. You know, mm. I, I think they're all under scrutiny every week and, and, and the scrutiny is getting more intense, of course. So. But is that, you know, you've been in the position now for six months. Do you think that it's fair that so much goes on managers? I think it's the reality. Whether it's fair or not, I think it's, it's becoming irrelevant. You know, I think it's just a reality of the job. I think it always has been, don't get me wrong. Um, I, th- I just think the intensity is, is greater now because... With the amount of uh, education from Sky and you imagine Andy Gray with his, well, used to be with his tactics board and whoever they invite in to get their tactics board out. So every armchair fan, I think, used to think that they knew what they were talking about. Now I think they really believe they know what they're talking right. about because they've seen someone on TV show them all these things. It always intrigues me, actually. It really does. The whole thought behind managers doing their job and opinions and decisions, it really intrigues me because it must be one of the rare professions because I always state, don't forget, it's a profession. I don't remember me going in and telling my plumber that he's putting the pipes (laughs) in wrong and he's putting the boiler in wrong and he's turning the gas up wrong and the house is going to blow up. I tend to go, yeah, that looks all right, mate. I did tell him. Our plumber plumbed in our washing machine wrong. I did tell him. Still, he didn't do anything about it. Did you shout, boo, rubbish decision? Yeah, yeah. Did, did you put it on a website? Did yeah. you stand on a website? <laughs> I got a banner ready as well, but he didn't uh, take any notes. And did you put it on a website under five different names? Exactly. You got <laughs> it. Just you. you got it. Okay, yeah. I've got it. I'm learning about this thing. I'm learning about this thing. Sean, I was really interested to hear you mention when, it, when we talked about Sky Sports and the whole media thing, you said education. Now, I think the thing that strikes me as a fan is that 
the Sky Sports generation of football supporters, because they, they see much more football, they hear so much more from supposed experts, I think it's raised the expectation level as well among supporters, who, and they seem to be a lot more impatient. And now, we had a, a reasonably tough start to the season, a tough start to your managerial career. How did you, how did you feel... You know about the yeah, well, yeah. Again, I think there was a, there was a, maybe maybe there was a um, a lack of a lack of education, not education, but in the sense of I don't think everyone knew the true enormity of what I took over until they just settled a bit. You know, I think once people once I started suggesting what the realities were, then I think maybe people went, all right, we kind of get it. I mean. You know, the, the stats, and I always go to stats and facts because they're, they're not my opinion, you understand. You yeah. know? And 54% of our goals went out of the building in the summer, and 44% of our assists. Now, we haven't got a finite number to just go, or sorry, we do have a, an amount, but, I mean, we haven't got endless numbers to just go, right, let's go and change them, let's go and, you know, let's go and just buy him, him, him and yeah. him and roll them out. Things like that are challenging. You know, they're challenging anyway, but particularly as a young manager taking over, we had... Nine recognised, and I would suggest that, recognised first-team players. We had some young players who had had a taste of it, but nine recognised first-team players. I mean, you know, that's that's hard to develop that and then just rip it up and go off, you know, flying again. Um, you know, and even with... with I mean, Danny had done brilliant for this club. People forget the season before. He went 20 games and scored one goal, and there weren't so many people saying that many good things then, you know. So all of these things in the melting pot, change of staff, change of players only add in to the expectation of what comes next and to go back to your original question that does seem a tad inflexible at the beginning of the season but as as people have settled a bit with with what I'm trying to do and what the players are trying to do I think they've gone well all right okay where we were what's happened all the changes where we are what we've bought in financially what we've spent financially and I'd like to think people reflect on it and now of course the biggest thing is we're all not naive. When you win a few and it looks a bit better and a bit healthier, my job, of course, is to see through when we don't win and actually see what the performance is like. You know, the best example this season was the Derby game. You know, that's my most obvious example where people are like, oh, we didn't win. And there was a lot of grumbles. And I thought, hang on a minute. We had 28 efforts a goal or 24, I can't remember which, and 14 on target. They had four and two. That sounds like a pretty good performance. And yeah. when I looked at it back again, I thought that was a good performance. And then I'm like, well, hang on a minute. That's where it does get difficult. Because you think, well, I'll take opinion on not so good days, but not when it's a good day and because of the result is deemed a bad day. That's where it's different. So. And in terms of how you tackled it, because... Is that the world record long answer? Yeah, it's, it's pretty... No, it's, it's, uh, it Mike just go on for okay, hours. Right. 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 I had a go. Yeah. I'll challenge him. Good effort, though, Sean. Good effort. <laughs> okay, thanks. Uh, worthy challenger at long last. Um, <laughs> One thing that I was just thinking about on the way over here was how you tackle the different results. Because we have had quite a wide spectrum of results. For example, 4 nils against West Ham and Southampton. Yeah, yeah. But we've had some really, really good results as well. And just how do you approach the... Which you didn't name. Did you notice I didn't? <laughs> 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 Sean, too many that? to mention. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. I don't want to go on. because we. Good, uh, nice positive. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how do you approach the sort of... The, how it's such so varied the performances and how do you approach the, the sort of different well because it, like I say you, you've got to you, you've got to reflect back on where we are and what we're doing and, and to expect to get that group of players and literally hit the ground running overnight I think the only way you can do that and even they haven't done it really is say Man City they go out and spend endless money and they, they get them all together and, and it's more or less got a really good chance of working it doesn't mean it's guaranteed I'm not remotely suggesting that Mancini doesn't have his fair share of problems because he does 
But when we talk about just getting to win a match, then there's a fair chance with with a group of that them players that you can do that quite quite immediately. You understand what I mean? Not not overnight, but you know. And we we always think we're a club that has to get players within our, our you know our finances and our availability and our wage structure. So therefore, it's fair to say they're not always the finished article or the real deal. Now, therefore, you've got a group of them like that. They need time to mould and develop and learn about each other, learn about what we are here, learn about how we work. And then all them things have got to come together. And, of course, the champion football is that there's 11 of us on the other side who are trying to stop you doing all that. Mm. You know, and that's where it's so intriguing, and that's why it's difficult. Now, as I keep suggesting, I'm not remotely going to start saying it's fixed and it's done forever because every team is evolving and learning. But I think it's showing more positive signs. Um, Never more so than Blackpool. We didn't play well on Saturday. But the resilience was there. You know, the feel of the group, the work, the demand. And you do have to rely on that. That will never go out of fashion, trust me. And don't think for one minute that, man, you don't work hard. You know, and they don't play brilliant every week. Most, but not every week. And, you know, so we, we, there's some good signs um, of what, what we can do and what we are doing. And, you know, it just sometimes takes time. And, and it will need further time, I think. And who knows in the January transfer window, who knows, it might change again. So it's always developing and always challenging at Watford. So going back to the beginning of your time as, as manager, you came, you, you must come into this, this training ground building and it'd be, you know, you're the man in charge now. Was that transition different or hard or easier than you thought? Um, I think it was easy in the sense that there was a hardcore of the players left who, who knew me. Um, and they knew that I respected them and I think they paid me back with that then we've added a really good group I think um, of people who work very hard I've added new staff who work very hard so I think it was slightly slightly better and slightly more streamlined than it could have been although you know the task wasn't easy uh, still not but it, it, was, it wasn't like I was, you know, completely foreign to it all, coming in and everyone staring at you. People knew me, they were familiar with me, and it can be a bad thing sometimes, you know, people sometimes would lend themselves to take the odd advantage here, which they don't, but they could do. Um, so it wasn't too bad. I, I certainly, I didn't notice it. Maybe, maybe someone from the outside would have, yeah. but I didn't notice it. You know, I've been reasonably secure in my own mind about what we're doing. And how long did it take for you to make the decision, am I going to wear a tracksuit or am I going to wear a suit? Do you know what? That was debated by everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even even myself. Even got to myself. You know, I was going to my wife. What do you reckon? <laughs> um, no, I think the reality is that somewhere down the line, you, you just really differentiate yourself from manager or a system manager or a coach, you know, that's usually the one. Um, I'm not that fussed about it either way, if the truth be known. Um, I, I could feel quite happy wearing a suit and tie. I, did, I didn't overthink it. Um, equally, if I went out there in a tracksuit, it wouldn't bother me. If the, if the lads had up for you in a tracksuit, it wouldn't matter to me. I'd just say, as long as you win, I don't care. I'll wear whatever you want. Um, <laughs> no, so it's not a major deal. But I understand people do talk about it, for sure. Get the podcast and blog sent straight to you. Subscribe at fromtherookeryend.com. Next month on From the Ukraine, we're going to try and do an almost interactive live show when Reading play Watford in mid-January. We're also going to be going away on a away podcast to Nottingham for the Forest game. We'll also have interviews with Troy Deeney, Stephen McGinn and this man who opened up a special Christmas cracker with us the other day. Hi, this is Chris Willemo and you're listening to From the Ukraine. What's the fastest fish in the world? I don't know what. A motor A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. Christmas time, 
mistletoe and wine, kids at the pantomime. It, <laughs> I just made that from the spot. Uh, we, we, we thought this year we needed to have a From the Rookery End pantomime, uh, written especially for one man in mind. So you said kids at the pantomime. <laughs> yeah. And we had to write a pantomime. Are you <laughs> suggesting, John, that, that the listeners are kids? No, I'm a kid because I wrote it. It's just, just fair to make, make that clear that it's John that's the big kid, yes. not you. So don't worry. So for here, our pantomime, Troy and the Bootstalk. Our panto begins with our hero, a boy. Hello, everyone. My name is Troy. He lived with his mother in a rusty old shack. No food in the cupboard, barely clothes on their back. Our life is a joke. As we have no money, how will we buy food to fill up our tummies? The one single thing they had was Annabelle, a big brown cow they would have to sell. Dad, worry, mother. I'll get a good price. Then we'll have some money to buy something nice. On his way to market, Troy met an old man. Hello there, boy. Are you off into town? Yes, I am, sir. Please ignore my frown, for this cow I have here is special to me. I'm hoping to sell him for a penny or three. I don't have any money, but I do have these magical boots. We could exchange them right here if the situation suits. Troy's eyes opened wide and he couldn't believe. The boots were amazing and he shouted... Yes, please! Now be careful, young man. Those are no ordinary boots. They could even develop some extraordinary roots. So off home Troy ran, excited and flappy. He knew that his mum would be ever so happy. With these boots at my side, I can follow my dream or scoring a goal with a real football team. As he entered the house with them held up high, Troy shouted out loud... I've hit the bullseye! A pair of boots? But where is the money? Please tell me you're just trying to be funny. Of course not, mother. These boots are our ticket to the Premier League. I'll be the next Luther Blizzard. You silly old boy. Off the bed with you now. A stupid pair of football boots in exchange for a cow? What were you thinking? My life's one big worry. I thought it was best. I'm ever so sorry. No apology will do. I'll throw them out in the trash. How could you return without any cash? To bed they both went. A new day may bring hope. But somehow his mum knew he'd still be a dope. A bootstalk did grow whilst they were a slumber. Up high in the sky, past all the thunder. As Troy woke in the morning, he felt really chipper and ate up his breakfast, a nice tasty red kipper. Troy knew it was crazy, but was feeling big time. He ran to the bootstalk and started to climb. This bootstalk is massive, tall as Martin Taylor. I'm determined to make it. I can't be a failure. As he came through the clouds, he saw such a sight. A magical world, all lovely and bright. What a wonderful world. Over there, a huge castle. Troy grew a big grin, just like a little rascal. He ran to the door and opened it slowly. It was massive inside, and he suddenly felt lonely. Each room in this castle is filled up with jewels. I feel I've just won the Saturday pool. There's riches and treasures like I've never seen. If I get some for Mum, she'll live like a queen. What our hero did not know, that inside lived a giant. But not a big problem, as Troy is defiant. Fee-fi-fo-fum.
I smell the blood of a Brummie-mum. Some may think this is a problem. Troy's plans could be scuppered, but he certainly wouldn't be the giant's next supper. If I'm really quiet and I get what I can, me and Mum will have no worries. I'll be her best man. So without a moment's thought and ever so quick, Troy grabbed what he could. He was ever so slick. As he went out the door, the giant noticed the boy. Are you over there? Those things are not toys. I'll get you, young Brummy. I'll eat you right up. For stealing my things, you'll never win the cup. Troy had a good lead, but the giant was fast. If he didn't move quick, this breath would be his last. If I climb down this bootstalk and make it home to Mum, I'll grab a big axe and that giant will be gone. He jumped down off the bootstalk and started to hack. After stealing the riches, there was no turning back. I see the giant coming, but I don't know, dummy. He'll fall to his death and I'll be a happy brummie. At that very moment, with one final chop, from way up high, the giant did drop. When he landed, Troy looked to see for some movement. But after five minutes, there was no improvement. The giant is dead! I'm ever so pleased. Mum, Mum, come quickly. You'll never believe. Oh, Troy, you've done it. You saved us from sadness. You aren't a silly boy with any kind of badness. They hugged close together with smiles so wide. A grin on Troy's face and his mother did cry. After all that hard work, I have a house full of riches. But the hard work starts now so I can play on real football pitches. This is British Sommelonga doing the conga on from the rookery end. We've still got half a season to go, Jason. Are you feeling good? Are you thinking it might be the hard, hard battle that you might have thought it might be? I think it, I think it will be. The, the biggest worry is that obviously we're coming up to the, um, the January transfer window. Sales in the shops, but hopefully... Not too many sales from Vicarage Road. Um, Mariapa's looking outstanding at the moment, isn't he? Absolutely. Let's hope that, that no one's sniffing around. In particular, Mr Brendan Rogers, who we know is a, is a big fan. Um, and also, the likelihood is that Nosworthy and, and Kitely will go back to their uh, mm. parent clubs in January, early January. Uh, and it's just a worry that when they go, we will be able to fill their boots. Or are we going to go through that same period we had at the beginning of the season where three new players are coming th- starting eleven, and then they have to settle in and, and we have a really bad January, February and all of a sudden the end of the season is hard. Yeah, I mean I think Jason point, pointing out that Nosworthy and Kitely going back, I think Kitely's been an absolute revelation, hasn't he? I mean he's, he started, his loan period started off quite slowly, he picked up an injury and I, thought we, I think we all thought, oh here we go again, you know, the sick note. Um, but in the last couple of games, he's been that. He, the difference between him and everyone else has been mm. absolutely on the pitch at Watford. The whole pitch, yeah, yeah absolutely, shine. yeah. It's, it's been a, absolutely, you know, apparent how what a, what a different class Kitely is. And you know, we've got we have to be while while we while we've praised Watford quite rightly. We've said they've been tough to beat, but we have struggled at the other end of the pitch. Um, mm. And Kitely has helped us. Enormously in that he just carves teams open. He, he he's hard to tackle. He, he he finds that little bit of extra space. He's put he's putting good good balls into the box. So he's going to be a big miss because Wolves will undoubtedly want him back. Or if he come back, it'll be, it could be be too much money possibly. Yeah, and I'm just, I don't think there's any any two ways about it. Wolves will want him back. He's a Premiership class player, and um, 
he's probably he's arguably one of Wolves's better players. Mm. Um, so I think we've been we've been lucky to have him. I think it was it was a very very astute by Dice to get him. I think probably other other managers had a chance to get him but didn't take a punt because of his injury record. So I think credit to to Dice for for getting him in. Whether it, you know, we, I think we all we all fear the Adam Johnson syndrome, don't we? Who who was a similar player who came in and and almost rescued rescued that Boothroyd side after we after we got relegated. He was on fire for that for that loan period. He went back. The goals dried up, and mm. and the rest of that season was was fairly horrific. Well, um, it would be one of Chuck Dyches and the whole of the backroom staff's biggest tests. Can they get someone else in who's going to yeah. add that bit of spark? If not. On loan, maybe they, we can find that gem who's going to Let, let's be, to be cheap and, and to give us something for the next couple of seasons as a Watford player rather than just a couple of months yeah, on signing. Let, let's be clear. Well, I think we've been spoiled with Kitely and uh, we, we, what we need to make sure we do is don't get relegated. It's as simple as that. And as long as we, we're hard to beat, that's, I think that's, we're a long way there. Let's not forget, if Nosworthy does go back, then we've got um, Martin Taylor to come back in. Mm. You know, who would have thought that we wouldn't have missed him? Yes. And we haven't, you know. No offence to to you, Martin, if you're listening. Um, sure, you are. <laughs> Christmas, nothing better to do than listen to us, John, drunk on port, and two bald fellas talking about football. But who would have thought we hadn't missed him? And again, well done, Sean Dyche, for, for getting mm. a, a replacement. But at the end of the day, if we if we hobble over the line, you know, one place above the the relegation zone, I'm I'm still very very clear that 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 is a, a successful season for us. None of us want that. We want no, us no, to no. to carry on this good form, and there's no reason there's no reason why it shouldn't. I think I think people like Yates have come into the game more with the the, the, the has given us a bit of impetus, and he's given some of our other players a bit more confidence. Um, and Yates included, who I think he's been a, he looks a lot more threatening. Go on, James. I was going to say the other thing about Kitely being in the side is is the opposition know how dangerous he can be, yeah. and if they concentrate on trying to stop him playing, that does free Yates up and the other strikers and Prince to uh, to find a bit more space uh, and do what they need to do to to try and create something up from. Yeah, it's, it's really good that he's given Prince Boabin the, the chance to miss from two or three yards on a number of occasions. <laughs> yeah. now, so that's, that's excellent. But I think going back to the, 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 the main question, the rest of the season will be a challenge one way or another. Even with those guys, with those lone players in the in the in the team, it's, it would still be tough. Uh, you know, as it's as it's been proven, we've we still shit that late goal against Leeds, for example. That should have been three points. A couple of errors against Bristol City, you know, we should have had three points there. So even with those guys, we're not we're far from the finished finished uh, article. No. So it's going to be a tough second half of the season, absolutely no doubt about it. But we need to keep focused on that that goal that we've. I think we've all been. There's no denying that's the only thing we can look to is stay in this division, and then look to look to build those youngsters who are out on loan this year. They'll be back next season. They'll have a season's worth of of, of football under their belt. The likes of sort of Gavin Massey who. Who's doing well down at Yeovil? You know, it'd be like having new signings, having those boys coming back. So let's see how Sean is feeling about the rest of the season in our second half of our Christmas with Sean. Do you um, get much time to review decisions you've made over the past six months? And is there anything you'd have done differently? Um, good question. It's a fair one. We, we review it like you wouldn't believe. I often say to the lads, I say, honestly, lads, you don't get it. I said, you never do. I didn't as a player. So my wife, she must. She just sits there with that staring face. I can't do it on there, but you know, like <laughs> she just constantly hears about football players and what they're doing, what they're not doing, and all that. So it is bizarre. Um, so we reflect on everything endlessly, every decision. You can imagine games. My word, you know, you think you reflect on a game when you're a player, but when you're a manager, because now you're reflecting on 
11, 12, 13 or whatever players have played and your own performance of how you stimulated them or got them organised and stuff like that. So it's never ending. Things, um, things you change, you know, there's certain uh, player decisions I'd change. Um, that's mainly, I think, I'm trying to think now, training-wise, no. I think we train the way you understand, the way we work, the way we develop players, I think is pretty good. I like that. Um, changes little tweaks, but, I mean, not change radically. I mean, the, the, the different things we do with the players, then I wouldn't change that. It's probably just certain decisions on players where, you know, you... I mean, hindsight's a great thing, we all know that. And that's the, probably the main thing. Um, and I'll leave you guessing. What's the best thing about now being a manager of a football club? I think it's your chance to stamp what you think would be right on a way going forward. And my chance to be custodian, as I called it, of, of Watford Football Club. I've been here seven and a half out of nine and a half years. Played here, fortunate to captain the side through awkward times as well. If you remember, you're all here. You know, we had some great times with the cups and things like that, but it was always a struggle financially. Worked with some really good people here. Then went away for a couple of years, came back as a coach. Different kind of thought process developed within the club. And now really got my chance to have a look at it and, and do what I think is right. And, and as I suggested, one thing to be sure is that, and it's funny, I've never really said this until probably now, but people forget the, the, the weird thing about it is I could have actually gone to Cardiff on a big salary with millions of pounds to spend, millions of pounds in wages on players, and probably done all right with Mouth. And I chose not to. You know, knowing that this is not a walk in the park, knowing some of the challenges that I faced, and that's the biggest thing I'm pleased about. Because no two ways about it, it was a great decision. I'm really happy with what was going on there. I know, obviously, results and all that, but from what's actually going on in the, the business at large, I'm really, really happy with that. And, of course, results is what everyone sees, and there's a lot of good stuff going on in behind that. Mm. And hopefully that will serve us well as the season goes on. Because we spoke to you back in April, and you said, we asked you a question You about, said I should have won. No, no, you said... <laughs> no, you said get more. You said get more money. Well, if I was your agent, definitely. <laughs> but um, would, would, would you, you said management was on, your, was on your radar. You didn't yep. say when or any sort yep. of plan. Did you find it a surprise when it turned up? Or, and was that decision to stay with the team that went to Cardiff or to, to stay here, was that, a, was that a tough decision? Was it just like a... Um, uh, firstly, the, the, the process of becoming a manager, I felt that I'd, I'd, I'd have something to offer as a manager. You can't guarantee it, obviously, but I felt I'd have something to offer. Um, I wasn't, as I described to you, I think, before, I wasn't sprinting towards it. I was going along nicely, jogging along, learning as I went, picking up good information, picking up good experiences, finishing off pro licences and courses and management licences to allow myself to at least be in a position. Then when it comes around, at least I felt that I've got that position. Now, you, you, everyone will tell you it's not the same as doing it, of course, but you try and get as many things as close as you can. So when you do it, you're in good shape to do it. Um, and then the second part was... Uh, I think you said about going, going or staying mm. was was really. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't an easy decision. Not in the sense that whether I stayed or not, but more you've got to, you've got to think about these things seriously. Um, and as I suggested, you know the the, the big challenges at Watford they are big challenges. So that has to be considered wisely. You know because you know because you're doing something in front of everyone all of the time in front of the world, so to speak. Certainly the Watford world and you know a smaller version within our area within England. People reading the papers. 
So there is a, a thing where you want to you want to make it work for number one. And of course, you can imagine the number of people who said don't do it. Mm-hmm. There was a lot more said don't do it. And that's no disrespect to Watford because these are outside people, you understand. These are not people inside. So they couldn't always see the, the fabric of what we've got here. So they were like, don't do it. You know, the, the, the place is, there's too many things going on. You know what I mean? It's too hard to, to put it all together and make it work. But being the type that I am, <laughs> it's, you know, it's like red rag to a bull, and you go, no, that's going to actually make me want to do it more, you know. Um, so, no, you know, I enjoy the challenge of it. They're there for everyone to see, or certainly now there's maybe a bit more um, information out there about the, the realities. Um, but I must say, the, the positive, I think, got a really, really, really hard-working group of players, great staff, and that's in the offices as well, who work very hard for all the little things that you don't see. The new owner's learning. You'll all have your opinions, but he's learning about the game, learning about what it is. We've got a tremendous fan base who overall are fair. You know, I want to make that clear. I've had my fair share of questions, still do. But overall, I think they're fair. I think they're fair-minded. They, they, they give the team a chance to play and develop. They're giving me a chance, a young manager, to develop. You know, and I think they're reasonably flexible within that. Um, you always have some. You can't please all the people all the time. It's hard enough pleasing some of the people some of the time. So, in general, really happy. And, and just more happy that there are signs where people can go, all right, we kind of get in it, you know. And, and the team, of course, and the fans watching go, all right, you know, one loss in nine, all of a sudden it looks different. And we all know, arguably, should have had a couple of more wins with a referee's decision and, and an unfortunate incident, you know, one rolls under someone's foot. So, you know, that, that's really pleasing for me because there is a lot of hard work goes on here, yeah. not just for myself, do you understand, for my staff and the, the, the staff at the club. And the fans, they have to put their hand in the pocket. And I know that's not easy, particularly in these times and, and travelling away and stuff like that. So the one club mentality that I spoke about in the summer, I was hoping to have my chance to bring it back together. And I think it's beginning to come back together. I think some of the negative feeling about possibly the owner and some of the, about myself and the team it's just beginning to just soften a bit and people are going okay we are Watford and really the history of Watford suggests that we do all pull together and I think that's really valid and important and, it, and like I say it's, it feels unless you guys tell me different it feels like that's beginning to happen and the connection with the players and the fans seems quite apparent now to me you know they're, they're that kind of respect you know the way they the way they clap the fans. I don't know, you know what I mean? I can't define it, but there seems to be that bond. It? Yeah, that bond. Yeah, it's a feeling that bond is beginning to grow. And they're seeing some of the young players play, you know, not ours, but new ones. Jonathan Hogg starting to develop. And Lee Hodgson's come back in the team, you know, doing looking yeah. great. Marvin, of course, you know, and um, Nosworthy's come in, different type. And let's find a fair share of questions mm-hmm. out of that one. Yeah, let me yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, um, you know, it's interesting. And I think that does help with belief. I think then they believe a little bit more in myself and they go, well, hang on a minute. No one wanted that one. Mm. If truth be known, then they went, oh, well, he's not mm. bad. It's a bloody good one. Yeah, well, Alex, yeah. yeah. Did, 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 you, see, did you see his debut again for Sheffield United? Interestingly, <laughs> I have seen certain moments at Sheffield United. But um, you've got to know the character, you've got yeah. to know the type of player. And Kites is another one, you know, who's done very well so that the mix is getting better. Um, Big Martin still to get back fit. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that I think people are now beginning to look at and go, okay, okay, and... and like I suggest, it's not about point proving, it's about everyone coming together, and, and that seems quite clear at the moment, and long may that continue. Read the musings and ramblings on the podcast blog at fromtherookeryend.com. The Christmas special is over for another season, boys. Um, we'll be back with our next normal podcast 
at the beginning of January, so uh, look out for that. Uh, remember, you can keep in touch with us. Jason, how can people keep in touch? They can have a look on our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com forward slash rookeryend, or they can email us, which is podcast at fromtherookeryend.com, or follow us on Twitter. We have at Rookery Mike, yes. at Rookery John, and at Jace Bailey. Thank you for listening. Have a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And a prosperous one for the ones. Come on, you all. Come on, you all. <laughs>